Welcome to The Bill Walton Show, featuring conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, artists and thinkers. Fresh perspectives on money, culture, politics and human flourishing. Interesting people, interesting things. Welcome to The Bill Walton Show. I'm Bill Walton. Uh, during the last several years, I've had the extreme pleasure of getting to know an excellent uh, actor, Tony Lobianco, who's been active in films, TV, and the stage. He's made over 100 films and during the course of his career, and he's won an Obie, an Emmy, an Outer Circle Critics Award, and was nominated for a Tony Award uh, for Best Actor. Uh, you might remember him. He played South Boca in the iconic uh, French Connection. And we also, he got his career started in the cult classic, The Honeymoon Killers, which is one of my favorites. Uh, he, uh, he's here today because it's the 50th anniversary of the French Connection, and we were looking for a reason to get together. So he said, why don't we have an anniversary party and talk about that and everything else that Tony's done. What I really want to dig into with Tony, though, is he's a, he's a craftsman. He's a serious artist, and he's known for his transformations. And I'm interested in how he approaches the actor's craft and uh, how he works with other actors and what the differences are between acting on the stage or on TV or in film. Uh, Tony, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Delighted yeah. we finally made this happen. Yes. Yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, we... Uh, you know, there's so many places we've been talking about entry points for your career, which has been uh, long and storied. You really came out of the box so very strong with the, the Honeymoon Killers, and that was your first feature film. You'd been in on the stage that for almost a decade by the time you made that. But, yes. So yes. talk about the Honeymoon Killers, and then we'll go from there. Well, that was the, you know, you said the stage, and I had a theater that I was the artistic director of and the founder of. Uh, called the Triangle Theater in New York City uh, in the 60s. And uh, an actress uh, said to me, there, you know, there's a movie that's being cast. You should go see about it. So I, I called over there, and they said, how old are you? And I said, 22, 3, whatever I was then. And she said, oh, no, 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 you're much too old. And we only want to see a, a Spanish uh, people, Spanish-speaking people. So <clears throat> I didn't bother. <clears throat> so the, the uh, actress said to me, you know, they still haven't cast that part. You should go up there. So I went up. And she said, what are you doing here? I said, I want to audition for that part. She said, no, I told you. I said, just a minute. So I turned in my chair, put my hand on my hair, turned back to her, pushed my hair back, and, and spoke to her in a Spanish accent. And she said, oh, oh, my, oh my God. Let, let me bring you in. So I went into the producers, never spoke to them without the Spanish accent, okay? Got the part, okay? Got the part. Then they asked me to uh, uh, you know, cast the woman. <clears throat> and so a week was going by, and one of the producers said, uh, can you think we can send him to school to learn to speak English? <laughs> so the casting woman said... So you were in character the whole time right, playing right. playing Because I, okay. I, know, I know producers' minds. Yeah. You know, so the, uh, you know, the, the, the doubt was... So then the, the woman said, I got to tell you, he doesn't have an accent. And so the guy said, oh, speak to us without the accent. And I said, no, sir, not until I signed the contract. <laughs> and I never did. 
Never spoke to them without the accent. So I and this was in the Honeymoon Killers. Honeymoon Killers, okay. before I got the part, when I got the part. Now, the, <clears> the <throat> cast surely stole her in that part. Yes. Who was notorious. Yeah, she was great. And I love the description <clears throat> of this movie on IMDb, which is the movie website. Uh, An obese, embittered nurse doesn't mind if her toupee-wearing boyfriend romances and fleeces other women as long as he takes her along for the ride. Well, it's almost true. Uh, he, he, she promises. Did they get it right, or is that well, almost? That, that okay. Almost. What happened? Yeah. What is she? She, she pro- makes him promise that he will not ha- have sexual relations with other women because she's she's very jealous of him, and she goes along posing as his as his sister, which is a little ridiculous when you think of what she's like and what he looks like. And you know the interesting thing about that movie—it's a true story. In fact, I love doing true stories, as is as, as the French Connection. And the the idea of when she, when they were finally caught at the end of the movie and put on trial, because <clears throat> they, they came, he murdered a lot of women, and she helped. And uh, he would what he would do, he would romance them, answer these lonely heart letters, meet with the women, romance them, and if they caused a problem, he'd knock them off. <laughs> it was just his job, you see. And uh, so she knew about that. She was one of the, she was one of the lonely hearts, and but she fell in love with him, and she and he said, "I'll scare her off and I'll tell her who I am and what I do." She said, "I don't care, I love you anyway." He's never had that, so he takes her along and she proposes as a sister and they go along and do these these uh, these crimes and get the money and so on. But she's very jealous of him, you see, and uh, so anyway, uh, it, it, it's quite it's a wonderful film. And it be, has become, as you said, a, a cult classic. We have a clip from that. Oh, and I, okay. love, I think it's time to uh, look at that. I got one woman carrying on in there, another woman carrying on in here. Christ Almighty, I'm earning my four thousand tonight. They call this place Valley Stream. <laughs> what a joke! One little jail after another, with ten feet of grass between them. Valley Stream, I hate it here. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. You know, it's funny. uh, I was cast in a play, Herb Gardner's play, with Milton Berle playing his son. You see, and and at the same time I was doing this movie. And uh, uh, Herb Herb Gardner, who is the writer-director, I said to him, Herb, I have a movie to do. He said, well, can you... Can you ask them to let you out of the of a day shooting to come for the first reading with a play with Milton Berle and Brenda Vaccaro? I said, okay. I got back there. So now I'm at the table for the first reading with Milton Berle. And I'm Raymond Fernandez from The Honeymoon Killers. You'll see uh, the birds. And so Milton says, who's this? And he says, well, he's playing your son. Oh, oh, so I knew I was in trouble immediately, of course. But now Milton, uh, you know, he does. The, we're doing a, just a reading of the thing. Milton's performed the whole, performing the, the first reading, and everybody else is sort of dogging it, just reading it to, to get to know it. But Milton, at the end, but he's playing it full he's out. He's pulling full okay. out. Not only yeah. that, at the end of the reading, he gets up, goes up the stairs, and does an exit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, I lost. The, I, I so I went back, did the movie. And it was a, a week later, and I said, and I have what, it's one, one scene on, on the stage with Milton. So I come back, and I call back, and I say, okay, I'm finished with the movie. I'm coming in. 
He said, don't hurry. I said, what? He said, well, we got to that scene and we, your understudy went on and he looks more like Milton Berle than you do. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You cast me, you can't do this. I came back, spoke to Herb. I said, Herb, come on, what are you doing? He said, you, I said, you can't strike me out on the bench. I mean, I, you, you cast me the part. I, I, I transformed into this, this person when you cast me. Now I'm doing that role. Now I'll come back and transform. He said, Milton's giving me a lot of problems and blah, blah, blah. He said, so I said, I said, just give me five, give me 10 minutes. And I'll, 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 I'll transform back into, into that role. He said, Tony, I'm having a problem. He said, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I said, don't tell me you're talking to me tomorrow. Tell me you're going to give me that 10 minutes. He said, I'll, I'll call you tomorrow. He calls me tomorrow. He said, I got to go with my instincts. I got to go with the other guy. I said, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll understudy that part that you just took away from me. He said, you don't have to do that. You have a, you're, you're, you're the standby for the other part, Bob Dishy part, which is a big part. I said, I want to do it. Anyway, the play goes on. We rehearsal, rehearsal, rehearsal. I transform into this character again. They keep saying, who's that guy? Who's that guy? <laughs> so, so now what happens is they're doing a, a out-of-town, they're doing a, a in-town run-through before we go out of town with everybody from New York. You could imagine who's in that audience. They say to me, can you, go, can you come in and, and, and audition? I said, I, 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 yeah. So that night, that night, I, I, I come in. We're doing a 7 o'clock curtain for all these people, Hal Prince, you name them, like Mike Nichols, uh, Elaine May, you, everybody you can imagine in New York is out in the audience tonight. So I do the thing, and they say, gee, that's wonderful. Can you do it tonight? No <laughs> rehearsal, nothing. I said, sure. I said, one, one thing is wrong. He said, what? I said, I don't like the way you directed the scene. <laughs> he said, what do you mean? I said, well, this is this. I said, he said to me, okay, you, you just do, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do, but keep out of the way of Milton Burrow. That's the direction. So I go into Milton. I said, Milton. So your only direction was keep out of the way keep of Milton Burrow. Keep out of the okay. way of Milton well, Burrow. Yeah. So I go into the room. Milton's getting made up. And I said, Milton, I'm your son tonight. Let me hear your voice. He said, what? Well, it says a couple of lines. Back and forth, back and forth. Okay. Now we do the, we're doing the middle of the scene. There's a pause. In front of everybody, he turns to me and he says, are you going to say the line or are we going to bring down the curtain? The stage manager says, he's not up, Milton. You are. It's your line. And he throws him the line. After the, after the scene, Milton comes out in his robe and he says to the audience, I bet, I'm very sorry. I'm sorry I, I said that to the kid. The kid is, is okay. It was my fault, and I bet you never thought you'd hear Milton Berle apologize. <laughs> <laughs> well, the question is, what is it? What is, did you really want to look like a young Milton Berle? Well, I don't, <laughs> what does I don't, that look I don't like? Play the role. <laughs> you know? you, you were, you, well, you were desperate for the part, but then you told them they had to redirect the scene. Uh, so then, after after the uh, the honeymoon killers, you went. Uh, did you go directly to the French Connection? Was That's that, another story. Yeah. I, what happened was in playing the Spanish uh, with the Spanish accent. Right. When when Bill, Phil D'Antoni, the producer, and and Billy Friedkin, the director, saw that movie, one of their favorite films. They said, why don't we get him? The other guy said, he's Spanish. He's got a Spanish <laughs> accent. Luckily, the casting guy said, no, no, he's a New Yorker. He doesn't have a Spanish accent. Yeah. That's how I got that part. So I mean, we've, got a, we've got a clip after... from that. I think I'll see if we can't get that <clears throat> teed up here. It's just that my people think we ought to find a better time to make the switch, that's all. It has to be by the end of this week. 
You gotta be reasonable. It's your problem. Well, it's your problem too. Now you're playing that scene with Fernando Ray. Yes, yes. And was, here's how that scene came about. Yeah. Every scene, I, mean, I can tell you a story about everything. Billy, all you gotta do from a director is ask me where I would be or what I would do. That's all you gotta do. So he said to me, "Where would you be in this scene?" I said, "Here's what I'll be doing." I'll this be is Billy Friedkin. Friedkin. Now he's a, he's not any. No, he's a, he was a tough guy. Tough guy. He said to me, okay, I said, I'll be sitting on that bench. The limousine will drive down this street. I'll get up. We'll go there. And, of course, you want to see the Capitol, right? So we'll walk down. We'll do a walk and talk down this street here. And uh, you can do a dolly shot and, take, and do the shot. And, and, and then he said to Sonny Grasso, the, one, of his, one of the main de- detectives whose story the French Connection is with Eddie Egan, he said, where will you be? And Sonny says, well, I'll be over here by the car. And I said, no, 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 Sonny. You know where you are? You see those steps way over there? You're sitting on those steps, and you have binoculars. You're eating your lunch, and you want, you see us through binoculars. And Billy says, that's the way we're doing your scene. Send out for binoculars. That's how that scene began. This, this is, you know, I love the creation of director and actor working together in coming up with the best possible thing that the director will agree upon. See, I always believe that the that I am for the best performance. I don't care who it is. If you have if I have a better actor than this one or me or the go. Uh, you're watching the Bill Walton show and I'm here with Tony Lobianco who's explaining uh, that he's an incredible risk taker. He's already described how he's directing uh, Billy Friedkin uh, in, in his movie, which is always risky. And then you also uh, took on Milton Berle. Uh, but, but, but so you're talking about things. You had an innate sense of, of drama, yet you didn't really, did you? You started out as a Golden Gloves boxer, and then uh, you were a great baseball player. Well, and I understand and you got to try with the Dodgers. Dodgers so yeah. when did... So when did this athlete, this guy from Brooklyn, this athlete, discover he was an artist? Well, I think all, those two things are performances. Yeah. You know, uh, I think the idea of, uh, it happened in high school. I, I, you know, my teacher, a teacher inspired me, and I did a contest and, and won this and won that, had to, doing Cyrano de Bergerac, of all things, in a, in a, from a vocational high school. Well, uh, the nose is not quite there. <laughs> oh, so you could have said many things. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, it's fun. So continue, yeah. So, so anyway, uh, you know, so she inspired me, and, and uh, after I graduated high school, what was I going to do? I, uh, I, that was the best thing I'd done. I couldn't make it as a, pro- a professional baseball player, which I would have loved. Uh, I'm a big fan of baseball. And uh, I did win eight championships as a softball. I had my own softball team, uh uh, in the Broadway show league, and I'm the pitcher and the manager. So, you know, it's funny. Before, <clears throat> you, you mentioned about uh, directing Billy Friedkin. Not at all. What it is 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 a uh, the best idea. If you come up with a better idea, I'm, when I'm directing, and I've directed, uh, you know, a feature film and, and five television shows, when I'm directing, I, don't, I want the best suggestion. If you have mm-hmm. a better idea than I do, Oh, please tell me. Please, I beg you. And from actors, I don't care if it came from the janitor. I don't care who get, get, comes up with the idea. You know, I'm the, I'm the other actor, too. When, when I did Honeymoon Killers, 
Larry Cohn came to me with a play about a Jewish homosexual genius, and he wanted me to play this role. After seeing the Honeymoon Killers playing Sal playing uh, Raymond Fernandez with accent, and I said to him, how, "How do you have that knowledge to know that I I'm going to cast me as this?" He said, "I know." I said, I don't, "I don't believe you. I don't believe you." I said, "Tell you what I'm going to do." I'm going to cast this part for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get other actors to come and, and audition for the part you want to give me. Now, I want that part. I want to do that part, but I'm going to, I want to, I want to make sure you, uh, you believe in what, what you're saying and what you see in me. Now, why would you do okay? that? Because I want, to, I, want, I want him to say at the end, when he, I, I gave him four or five actors, okay, and they auditioned. I said, so what do you think? He said, well, they're going to give me what they got. You're going to give me something else. Well, the way I interpret that also is that you wanted the director to know he wanted you. I mean, there's a way, you know, if a director is not sure whether you're the right guy, that's going to affect your performance. And so you got to, you got to be both committed to you and the role. Yeah. Is that, I, I, I want, is I was, that, was that the point? That's part of it. And also, I wanted to make sure, yes, I wanted to make sure that the, the, mystery, the mystery of him, I wanted to know how he knew that I could do that role. What was it in, in the insight in him? Mm -hmm. He said, "He said you are going to give me, you're going. They're going to give me what they already got. You're going to give me something else as an added thing, and that is what I said. Okay, well, exactly. I've got my own story there. I was taking an acting class in college. I'd gotten back from the army, and I I was doing various things. I took an acting class because I was involved in that when, when I was in the army, and my teacher of the class said, "I'm going up to." Indianapolis to, to direct the Civic Theater up there, and, and I know I've got just the part for you. I'm thinking, you know, is this Brando or is this something? You know, so he says, I want you to play Little Donnie Dark and Butterflies Are Free. <laughs> 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 so I was typecast then, but I did pretty well, but I didn't do quite, quite what you ended up doing. Uh -huh. So you, we, you, we talk about overnight success in acting. As I'm doing the math here, you were almost 32, 33 years old when you did your first feature film. About there, 30, yeah, 30. And how do you, you, you get through the scuffling years of your 20s? Well, it's all theater. All, all theater. theater. And, and uh, you know, that's where, I'm, that's where I breathe. That's where I... You see, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, another inspirational story. Uh, when I was in acting school, <clears throat> Arthur Miller, the great Arthur Miller. Acting uh, school where? In, in the uh, dramatic workshop on uh, Broadway and 50th Street. Okay. Right? It used to, Capitol Theater used right. to be. And, and uh, Arthur Miller came and he brought a scene from A View from the Bridge. And he had these two kids do the scene. I looked at that scene at 18 years old, and I said, I am going to do that play on Broadway one day. So in, that was 1954. Hmm. And in 19, 1982... 1954, you'd be 18 years old. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and, in, and in, in 1983, I'm doing the, that play on Broadway with Arthur Miller. And I, I'm the first actor ever to do the play as a full-length play on Broadway, The View from the Bridge. It was done as a, as a one-act play with hmm. Van Heflin and J. Carroll Nash way back in the 40s. 
But I'm the first actor to, to play that. Play. And you get nominated for Tony. Tony, Tony. and, and uh, Arthur Miller was very and, pleased. And, and you so won right. the outer critics circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, so it's a dream come true. It's it's the it's the role of my life. In fact, here's you'll love this. I said to Arthur Miller, I wish I was with you when you wrote this play. He said, Why? I said, Because you forgot one thing. I'm talking to Arthur Miller now, right? The great Arthur Miller, death of a salesman. Very formidable you know, Arthur Miller. To say the least. Yeah. He said, why? I said, the scene when Eddie is talking to the lawyer about Rodolfo, this kid who's going to marry his niece, which is very, and he, and he comes up with all these excuses to the lawyer why he shouldn't marry. I said, you forgot that they're first cousins. Hmm. Miller said, oh my gosh, you're right. So you knew his characters better than he did. He, he said, put it in. Okay. Write it in. He said, to me. He said, to me, write it in. I said, oh, I'm not going to write it in. You're Arthur Miller. I said, write <laughs> it in. He said, no, you go to the stage manager, and you tell him you can put that, that line in there. Huh. I couldn't do it. I, I, just, cause I'm, I was like a protector. I'm a protector of the lines and, and when, it, when it comes to great plays, you know. I'm the policeman. I'm going to say every word that's written on the, in the theater. You know, not there's a difference in the movies, but it's in the theater with an Arthur Miller classic play, which, of which I've, you know, spent my life wanting to do. You know, again, again, uh, uh, time, uh, uh, 1940s on the behavior. Sure. You have to behave in the period. I'm a big fan of watching old movies. You know, I I, I don't want to invent the wheel. <clears throat> You see, history is our teacher. Well, on that line, you're known for your transformations. And you've already talked about uh, your, your, your role as a, as a Spanish speaker that was, you just on the spot did. Now, you brought along a book here of some photographs <coughs> that uh, I think illustrate this. I'd love to take a look at a couple of those just to, uh, to talk about what it is you do, what, what happens inside yeah. that uh, changes you from one character to the next. Well, this is this is a, a a role that I did in 1983. So, how old was I then? And now that, let me see. Is it is it okay? 83, Without? you'd be 48, I think, or something okay. like that. Yeah. No, 83, you'd be 50. Yeah, is that good? Okay, okay, yeah. I think that's got okay. just fine. So that's uh, Maya Fiorello Laguardia. Yeah. And that whole face, there's no makeup. Now, that's hard to believe. That's my jowls and so on and so forth. I am wearing padding for the rest of the body, but that's it. That's one role. And, and uh, here's, here's another role that... Now, you gained a lot of weight for that part? Uh, well, I'm a one, right now I'm 165. I, I was 189. Okay. Same, thing, same weight I was that's for Marciano. That's a lot. Yeah. Now, this is the same character in Fist. This is a character 20, 20 years later. Is it okay for that? It's uh, with, with Sylvester Stallone, Babe Milano. It's, a, it's 20 years later. In, okay, in so the so. one with the mustache, you're how old? Uh, gosh, I don't remember. Okay, and then... Uh, uh, yeah, and then, then 20 years later in the, in the same film. Okay. Um, okay, same part. Same part, just same 20 years later. Same film, no, 20, is, okay. Yeah, let yeah. me... Just now, you do you do all your own makeup, or do you? Have... Yeah, I do my own. Okay. I, well, I, 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 most of it, I do my own makeup. Uh, sometimes, uh, 
I get help at where the heck is that row? Oh, here. Now, this is the most interesting one for me. Now, here's me at 21 years old. I'm in an act, acting school. I'm 21 years old here. And uh, as you can see, the vest that I'm wearing and the tie, you see, I turn into, that's backstage, and I turn into this. On purpose. <laughs> now, now, did that look like Milton Berle's son? <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing Mr. Zero in oh. Elmer Rice's Adding Machine, oh a play written in 1929. See, and that's transformation. And all the all the makeup that's on there is only lines and highlight. Has nothing to do with. There's no noses. There's no putty. There's yeah. no anything. It's just highlighted with with pencil, and that's all that is. Even, I even put a beauty mark on him. <laughs> well, it, it, it sort of succeeded in making him beautiful, but not, not all the way. We, the, you, we're talking about uh, being authentic to the time and place and, and of the character. You got into a discussion with Richard Gere, I think, when you're making Blood Brothers. Let me, let me do a clip from that. Because okay. I, wanted you, I want you to tell the Richard Gere story. You want to be a what? Recreational assistant. Recreational assistant is woman's work. Oh, oh, right. Sorry. I'm very sorry. I should wear work boots and a hard hat. Then I'll be a real man, right? Fucking talk that way to me. A man who don't take pride in his work. He don't take pride in himself. That's terrific. Thank you. So Richard Gere wanted to pronounce something one way, and you thought he should do it another. Well, it's just uh, I, I'm just generally a stickler for. Uh, as you could imagine, uh, for authenticity. So when uh, you know an actor is uh, pronouncing uh, in, 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 a, in a period piece in a, in a neighborhood, in a, in a city that speaks this language, you certainly can't be uh, come in and, and uh, say uh, a different accent if, unless you're coming from a, from some. It's in the script that you're coming from somewhere else. But uh, playing my son. Uh, so anyway, uh, I mean, that's not only you know not, actors do do that. I'm again pe period in place. That's why I'm not such a big fan of uh, the casting as they're trying to do now. When a, uh, a black woman comes on stage and she has four white kids, without any explanation in the script, I'm stunned because as an audience. I want to know how that happened. Is that not important in the script? Uh, you take me out of the story. You know, well, you that, can't, ha you that, that happened in Bridgerton, that uh, Netflix series about the, I can't remember what, Regency period in, uh, in England where they had that. And it, 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 it takes you out of the story. Of course. Because you're trying to figure out. Well, yeah, what, what does that I, what's I, it I can't, mean? You ask, telling yeah. me to be blind yeah. or, and, and not understand what the story, what the uh, Everything I do, every move I make on a stage or any in a movie, is calculated. Yeah, is is to me is to to mean something. As and I'm directing, you know, I, I, you know, I, you you find, you know, you to do a hand movement if you're going to do this, so on and so. It's for purpose. So when you bring something uh, unusual on on a set, just because you want to be or have to do with some kind of political uh, something social social stuff. It doesn't make any sense, and they're they're instigating that now in the in the Academy Awards. You know, 
There's a whole thing. Yeah, what is that about? Well, they want a certain amount of black people, certain amount of Puerto Ricans, certain amount of, of it have to be included in the production. How does that have to do with the, how can, how does that have to do with anything about a kind of movie you want to make uh, that has nothing with that period? In other words, you're not allowed to make a, a play that didn't have uh, blacks at this time, where the blacks were behaved this way, or, or, the, or the minorities were the, not in, not in, the, in the, uh, the realm. I don't understand it. Yeah. But they're trying to, they're doing that uh, in the Academy Awards now in terms of making a movie. Okay. Uh, you're watching the Bill Walton Show. I'm here with Tony Lobianco, and we're talking about uh, casting choices that are made today and uh, uh, what, uh, what diversity means to, uh, to, to movies and playing roles. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, The Jewer uh, is a movie I also wanted to talk with you about. Mm. You, you, you were in that with Demi Moore and Alec Baldwin and James Gandolfi. G- uh, Gandolfini. Gandolfini, yeah. Mm-hmm. So great cast. Let me, let me play the clip from that so we can... It's okay. a really interesting film you made with uh, the great cast. I'm concerned, you know. Not for a minute. <laughs> I swear, if I'm lying, may God strike me dead on this spot. <laughs> come here, come here. You're a lady, you know. I don't like the way she looked at me. She made me a little uncomfortable. I give you a gift, and you leave me, my friends, and my family alone. Of course. I would never hurt your family, nor you, nor nobody. Lady, I don't even Swear know it, you. Louis, and I'll give you your gift. Hey. I'm not interested in your fucking gift. Oh, yes, you are. Hey, 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 She's got something you gotta hear. That woman? You know, the one you've got soft over, you think is the love of your life? She wants you dead. Powerful. Good. With a very, very young uh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a, I liked that movie very much. It's a good movie. And uh, everybody was great. I mean, uh, Alec was terrific in that movie, and so was Jimmy. That movie should have gotten a lot of praise because it's a really good movie. And uh, that's the first time I got introduced to a, my good friend Jim, Jimmy Gandolfini, God rest him. Uh, Tony good, Soprano. What a sweet man. Yeah. Very good man. And uh, uh, we're, uh, so, so many of our uh, good people are going quick. Yeah, and, well. Uh, but, uh, that was, a, that was a, 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 a really good experience for me uh, doing that movie. Well, the, uh, the thing is, we talk about transformations. My favorite story is uh, uh, John Michael Caine, I guess, showed up and... In Hollywood, very first movie, and he ran into John Wayne at the Polo Lounge at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And Wayne came up to him and said, "Nice to meet you." Said, "I got a piece of advice for you." Said, uh, "Michael, if you want to be successful, you gotta talk low, talk slow, and don't say much." And then you said he. Then he said later on when he won the Academy Award. When he Academy won the Academy Award, Award you know it. You know it's funny. He said if 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 I had known uh, to, to wear a patch on my eye would have would have given me the Academy Award. I would have wore it much sooner. And that to me is the people who win Academy Awards are people who play other people. You understand? People who do like Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep wins Academy Awards because she's 
playing other humans. Yeah. And, and uh, Robert De Niro wins the Academy Award for playing Jake LaMotta in doing, doing a transformation. All transformation roles, and including Charlize Theron playing Monster. All that, that's where you get the Academy Award. That's when people appreciate it. Not when you play straight. When you play straight, very difficult to win an Academy Award. And that's what it meant to me when, when he put the pat when he put the patch on to me. That was he was becoming a character other than John Wayne. What was your toughest transformation as an actor? <clears throat> um, I would say the when when I did uh, that picture I showed before about uh, when I was twenty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the first. Uh, um, first time I really went into great depth. I was at the Actors Repertory Theater, and the teacher uh, said to me, go in the other room and find a character for this role. Because I was 20 years old, 21 years old. And, uh, and, and it was an empty room, and I looked around, and I picked up a nail that was on the floor, and I went to the radiator, and I scratched it. And I picked up a sort of a tone on the thing where I started getting into a kind of physical thing and it, it was, sure, sure, I killed him. I'm not saying I didn't. I killed him. That kind of a thing. And also the idea of, of changing one's body. You see, picking out a uh, uh, different kind of, of uh, uh, this, is, this is what we have to work with. Mm. And in order, in order to make these hands older, in order to play a thing, your concentration and your imagination has to go very, very strong and believe. And the idea of turning your body into another person's body by molding from the within and pushing out or pulling in and making your body and your bones behave a little more different than, than what you are and in the body position that you are, will make you, if you're more successful, you will then, when you get up to walk on those legs and walk on that, that, that position in your body and your spine, will be totally different. And that will also change your voice somewhat. Well, I want everybody here watching this noticing you just aged 15, 20, 25 <laughs> years before our very eyes. Well done. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I did that on a television. I was doing a PR for... A, um, honeymoon Killers, uh, I went on a television show live and I spoke to the interviewer and I said, I can change, I can change into an old man right before your eyes. She said, what? I said, yeah, I'll do it. So I said to the cameraman, I'm gonna, here's what you do, I'm going to turn around on my chair and when I, when I turn back, I want you to come on and keep coming in closer, closer, doing a close-up. And so I turned around and turned into, turned into that guy and so on and so forth. And she was so stunned she followed me out of the studio into the next interview, the interviewer, because it was, it was quite, I, I really did it. This so time, do you work, I, really do uh, you know, I think of the two, there are many schools of acting, but on the one hand, there's the method school, which mm-hmm. is, what is it, Stanislaus, Stanislavski, the Russian, brought that along, and then later it was Stella Adler and... Uh, Uta Hagen. Yeah, yeah, and where you, you, you tried to do it all internally, and you changed mm. yourself internally, your perception of who you were, and then that projected as, as, as a character. <clears throat> then on the other side, you've got the British school, which is Laurence Olivier, yeah. Yeah. who said, all I need to do is put a little putty on my nose. <laughs> and he'd, right. do, he'd work with the externals, sure. and he'd try to Absolutely. change himself external. Well, well, th- 
And he didn't worry so much about becoming Macbeth. He just put on the yeah. Macbeth hat. See, that's all part of it. Is that are those two different things? Or yes, they the same and, I, thing? and I'll tell you what. I have studied when I, at the at the uh, dramatic workshop, my first acting school. I was given a teacher who was a dance choreographer, who knew nothing about the internal. See, all he knew was outside. Mm-hmm. All he knew was with the directing and, and, and in terms of taking two steps, your timing, and, 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 and that kind of thing. Now, I was fortunate because, number one, I'm Italian. That's fortunate. Two, I was born in Brooklyn. And three, I had uncles and I had family and loving, passionate family. So I had all the equipment, you know, being a boxer and a a street fighter, and all that stuff and all that passion going on in my life that I could do these kind of things. So the first thing he put me into, this teacher, was ballet slippers. Ballet slippers. Here this kid comes off from boxing and baseball and and, and physical. He puts me in ballet slippers and tights. (laughs) That was fine with me. I had no problem with it. No problem. Because I believe... That, that you have to transform into other beings sure. to, to be. And, and so he taught me for two years from a, from a directorial standpoint of view. And I was fortunate enough to have all that background to be able to fulfill it emotionally. You see? Then I got to be the guy of the school, the start, all that junk. And, and, I, and he said, okay, now you can go out to work. I said, absolutely not. I am not ready. They said, but you're the best actor in the school. Go work. I said, no, no. I only learned one way. I have to go to another school and learn the inside out. Mm-hmm. So I went to the Actors Repertory Theater and learned there. I, in fact, when I got there, the teacher, and I was there for maybe three months, gave me a scholarship, and he said to me, I want you to teach. I said, I'm 21 years old. What do you mean teach? He said, I said, you can't, I can't be teaching. These are young kids who need to who need, uh, uh, you know, tons of care. He says, you see, I know you know that. So I taught for a year while I was learning. And it was Joshua Logan, the great Joshua Logan director, hmm. uh, who, who was a teacher, one of the teachers for, uh, uh, of the school for directing. He's the one who sent me out for my first audition, what of a, which I got the plot. <laughs> what about working with other actors? The, the, yeah. you know, I think of the, you've been in, been very successful in theater. You've been very successful in film and TV, but that's a very different medium than the stage. Mm. I'm going to sort of lead with my own answer, maybe by the interest in your view. It seems to me that when you're on the stage, and I've done just a bit of that, uh, you really get a chance to interact with the other actor, and together you make a performance. And if you get a good bond with somebody, good connection, it transcends even your own performance. Mm. Film, you often find yourself... You know, you're you're looking at a camera, and maybe the other actors standing behind the camera for your, you know, so you can get your close up. But you're not you're not acting in the same mm. way. What what's been your experience with that? Well, it, it is it is different, and I always I'm always there for the other actor. Yeah, and I expect the other actor to always be there for me off camera, you know, doing the scene. And prior to that, coming from the stage, I like very much to rehearse. And but prior to all, I, I always encourage. I always encourage. Excuse me, you're watching the Bill Walton show, and we've just been invaded by dogs. 
So what's new with that? <laughs> we let them wander around the set, and then occasionally they uh, they decide that they want to be on camera. Uh, anyway, Tony, I'm sorry to, sorry to have you upstage by dogs, but uh, they'll... Uh, <laughs> we'll get them under control. Anyway, you're being very interesting. Could you could you just continue with that? Yeah. So um, I forgot where I was actually. <laughs> we were talking about stage performances and, and working with other yes. actors. Yes. Oh, and... yes. So so what I generally do is uh, uh, rehearse rehearse it with an actor, which reminds me of a story. Uh, Richard Woodmark, one of my favorite favorite sure. actors of all time. You know, Kiss of Death. Uh, you know, no way out. Great, great. Now, Richard Woodmark, it's my first uh, two-hour movie, okay, auditioning. So I'm in the room. Larry White was the, the executive producer. And Richard Woodmark is in a chair over here. And I'm over here. And I have three scenes. So I do the first scene. Do the second scene, a little more aggressive. And the third scene, I just explode. And Woodmark almost jumps out of the chair. I took it right to him, and he jumped out of the chair like it was, and of course I got the part. <laughs> now, here I am now on the set, and uh, Ronnie Cox, I believe, was the co-star in this television series, a two-hour movie. So uh, he's telling me how which Mr. Woodmark is a very, uh, you know, private person. He, you, when you're ready, you call him. Don't call him sooner. You come out and you go to the set and he does the scene, goes right back into his trailer, doesn't communicate with anybody. That's what he's telling me. So I go knock on his door in the trailer. He opens it up. What do you want? He said, I want to rehearse. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Come on in. Come on in. So I come on. He said to one, I said to the other. We pause. I pause. And I'm thinking, this is going to be good. He says, you're going to say the first line? I said, it's your line. I said, what script do you have? Let me see that script. I didn't give you the rewrite. Blows his top, jumps out of the door, closes the door. Get over here, scream. I said, take it easy. Whoa, whoa, I'm calming him down. He said, get, get him the right script. Gets me the right script. I learned, look at that, young and young. I could look at it pretty quickly. And we do the scene. And we go so on. It goes on now. Later, again, I'm out talking to Ronnie Cox, and we're outside, and he's telling me, he said, all of a sudden, the door opens, the trailer, and Woodmark comes out, and he walks right up to the two of us, and he says to Ronnie Cox, this kid is a great actor, and goes right back into the trailer. I'm going, what? what? <laughs> amazing. Fantastic. I mean, it's amazing. A uh, story, I mean, uh, you know, but it's just, uh, you know, those kind of things, you say, what? It's, well, there's I, a reason why you were in over 100 movies. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you know, even though I sound and I, I, I like to uh, be involved yeah. with, with everything, I, as again, the most important thing is, is I'm only here to help. Mm -hmm. And, and if, if I say something that you don't, you're the director, you're the director, you're the boss. And if I do say something that is not helpful or better for what, for what we're going to do, don't take it. Don't. And I, I'm, I'm the same way when I'm directing. I have no ego. Mm -hmm. I have no. E I want the best for everything. If I because I, I think of everything as an actor, as a director. When I read a script, I see 
I see, I see everything. So forgive me. What can I tell you? So, and if you, if it doesn't work out in your mind, then, then okay, we move on. <clears throat> We've got to wrap up. But do you, what would if, for 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 somebody who wants to be an actor or somebody for people to understand an actor? What would be your, what would be your advice? Talk low. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it got him an Academy Award <laughs> exactly. with that patch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. By the uh, way, I don't think Michael Caine followed that. I, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> but I, I, I tell you, it's so difficult. It's uh, let, let's start with that. It is impossible and it's most difficult. You have to have a powerful, powerful desire and will to pursue in this business. You know, it, it is because you go, what you're going to get is rejection, probably 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. And you have to know and believe in yourself and know that whoever rejects you doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And, 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 and because they don't see, and, and, and listen, also you have to be realistic. I think, Robert, you know, Jake LaMotta, the, the 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 middleweight champ with the raging bull, he is a friend of mine, and and he gave me the book, and he said if Robert De Niro doesn't do this part, you're going to do it, the raging bull. Mm, okay, you would have been great. So, but he was. You, you but, would have been fantastic. But my point is, he was great. Yeah. And he would, I think, he would have done. A, he did a better job than I would do. So that's what I am for the best job that can possibly be done. And so that's why I bring other actors in to, to do that role, to see if he's the, he's the right actor. You know, when I was directing, uh, I uh, wanted to see my first directing thing on television with Jackie Cooper, see? And when, when I was casting, I said to the casting person, I cast the extras. Were you directing or was Jackie I was directing. directing? Okay, I you were directing. I was directing okay. Jackie Cooper. Yeah. I said, I cast the extras. Yeah. She said, well, nobody casts the extras. I said, I cast the extras. Yeah. So I said, have them come in. She said, well, I, I've got to go to the theater. I said, good, you go to the theater and just bring the people in. So I had this one actor, uh, extra, and I was talking to him about and I, I, I wind up giving, giving him a part, a real good part in this television show from because I drew out of him something great. And the reviews... The reviews talked about the faces in the crowd. Can you imagine that? I mean, that is fantastic. It's the same thing when I did a view from the bridge. There was a man waiting outside with his, with his wife. And he said to me, he was shaking. And he said, how do you know? How do you know? <clears throat> I mean, that's success. I think. We have a rap. I, I want to do a movie with you. We can end on that. We I would wanna, have fun. Uh, you, 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 I want to do a movie <laughs> with you. Movie. I think That'll you're a great fun. actor. Yeah, this would be yeah. fun. We would yeah. have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I got to. Yeah. We'll get a, so, uh, so Kenny, let's work on a script here. Where you've got, you've got a book you're writing. Yeah. We, could have, yeah. we could have a lot of fun. I would love that, yeah. Scenes. Oh, yeah. Well, this is such fun. I, such fun. Uh, <laughs> Tony Lobianco, fabulous actor, fabulous person, insightful, generous, interesting 
I'm thrilled to have you here, finally. Is that and, all? You have nothing more to say than well, I've got that? It. No, no, I've, no. Got, I've got more, but, you know. Anyway, great fun. Uh, okay, well, you've been watching The Bill Walton Show, and uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Want more? Click the subscribe button or head over to thebillwaltonshow.com to choose from over 100 episodes. You can also learn more about our guest on our Interesting People page. And send us your comments. We read everyone, and your thoughts help us guide the show. If it's easier for you to listen, check out our podcast page and subscribe there. In return, we'll keep you informed about what's true, what's right, and what's next. Thanks for joining.